Monday and welcome back to the second half of uh, the Apollo 13 Minute, a show where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of probably the greatest space history movie ever made, the 1995 Ron Howard directed feature, Apollo 13. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm your other host, uh, Chris Henry of the EAA Aviation Museum. And we're we're on the downhill side of this movie now. We, we are, I know. We're, <laughs> Go and uh, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> it is, it is, it is very exciting. So uh, thanks, thanks for all of our listeners to, to for hanging in with us. Uh, but we've got some uh, really great episodes coming up, and hopefully this will be a great episode. Um, it's uh, we're we're still out there in the depths of space, and uh, well, actually we're starting with uh, we're still back in uh, Mission Control while they're uh, uh, trying to figure out the odds uh, to give Nixon about how uh, how likely it is that they'll they'll get home. <laughs> and this is true, by the way, uh, Gene. Uh, uh, talk to me directly about this. This event actually happened uh, about the uh, the odds and everything. I mean, so it was an actual conversation that he had. Wow, it's amazing. It yeah, just, <laughs> you know, and and the thing is, when when they say three to one, he doesn't say three to one against or three to one for. So it's just kind of yeah, yeah. If you want to be optimistic, maybe he maybe he meant they're you know they're <laughs> three to one that they're going to make it home. <laughs> so we go from uh, we go from uh, from Mission Control in Houston. And we get into the middle of the depths of space, that beautiful uh, digital domain picture of uh, the Aquarius and Odyssey flying across the sky and uh, sunlight bouncing off the outside of it. And we hear a, a Quindar tone, which is probably the uh, signature sound of the Apollo era. We always, everybody associates that with uh, uh, discussing things in space. It's And a lot of people don't know that it was, it's called a Quindar tone or, or what it's about. What, what it is is Quindar was a company that made this... Um, push to talk device so that when you let go it would send a signal down through the network and open up a, a single band channel yeah you know, as, as uh, anybody familiar with radio knows there's half duplex and full duplex and what quindar did was it let you use the same bandwidth in one direction as it would in the other directions and the, the tones would make the switches go back and forth depending on which is transmitting to receiving um, and the, the funny thing about this is, is the only people that heard the Quindar tones were listeners who weren't on the network. Uh, people like the, the people in Michigan Troll and the people, the astronauts in space never heard those Quindar tones because that was all part of the internal switching network. They, they're the only ones that did, didn't hear it. But uh, all of us listening in on radios or TVs, we'd hear we'd hear those those Quindar tones, huh. which I think are just I mean, everybody. Uh, if when you're a kid playing space, you have to try to mimic those, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just a, it's a simple, uh, it's a 250 millisecond tone, at uh, 25, 25 hertz, followed by a 250 millisecond, uh, 2.47 hertz uh, outro tone. Wow. And uh, I, I, I think I'll, what I'll do is right here, I'll drop in the sound of a Quindar tone. So listen carefully. <laughs> That's a Quindar tone. Okay, so. <laughs> and uh, it, it, what it is is that that uh, that frequency is roughly in the sound of a human voice, so it would actually pass through a very narrow line, which uh, on a on a telephone line it would be from like about three hundred hertz to three thousand hertz. So it would fit on a phone. <laughs> that, that's a tone that would fit on a phone line. 
And uh, anyway, we hear we hear that as it's beeping, which tells us we're you know they're talking between Houston and and, and space. Capcom, that redheaded fellow that we saw, the second Capcom, the guy that isn't Brett. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he says you can expect a lost signal in one minute. And uh, when we pick you back up, we'll have you on your PC plus two data. And what what PC plus two is? PC stands for Parasynthion. That means the closest approach to the to the moon. And uh, anybody who's ever played uh, uh, Kerbal Space Program. Uh, we'll know that uh, if you if you fire your engines uh, at at a, a, a parasynthion, the closest approach to any planet, it'll increase the velocity of your uh, the other side of your orbit, which is the part that's facing back toward Earth. And with this uh, with this parasynthion plus two, that means two hours after your closest approach to the moon, firing the engines there will increase the speed that you're dropping back to Earth. So they're gonna. They're going to pick up speed and and uh, and aim themselves better toward Earth, uh, the two hours after their closest approach to the moon. Fred Fredo says something that's completely. Um, I think it's called a a, a, tot- a tautological statement. He's saying what's kind of obvious. It's it's and redundant. He said we'll hear from you again at acquisition of signal, which. Of course, you'll hear from them again at acquisition of signal. <laughs> that's what that's the definition of acquisition of signal. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we think. And then um, the rest of this minute, when we're watching this, it's kind of uh, they're playing with they're playing with the the geography of the moon. Now, remember, he say acquisition of signal is going to be lo- or, or loss of signal is coming up in a minute. So that means they're they're flipping around to the back side of the moon. The same side of the moon always faces Earth. So as you pass behind the limb of the moon, the part that blocks that blocks us from from Earth, the only thing you'd be seeing out your windows would be the backside of the moon. As they're uh, as they're looking out the window, Lovell Lovell says, "Do you want to take a look?" And uh, he he moves to the back of the cabin and lets uh, lets Hayes and Swigert look out the window, and they're they're all saying, "You know, look at that! Wow!" Fredo is pointing out uh, Mare Tranquillitatis, the Sea of Tranquility, and he says, "That's Neil and Buzz's." old neighborhood well they wouldn't be seeing his old neighborhood because it's on the other side of the moon the, the side that faces the earth so that's kind of not huh. not the right thing and and what really bothers me is that beautiful picture that they have where he's looking out the window and saying that that's the sea of tranquility it is absolutely not the sea of tranquility what he's looking at is uh, hadley real hadley real which is uh the site of the uh, the landing of uh apollo 15 landed in the the the, the mountains there and uh, he's the, the Sea of Tranquility is the exact opposite of uh, of Hadley Rill because the <laughs> they tried to find when they landed Apollo thir- uh, Apollo eleven they tried to find the f- the flattest most boring part of the moon to land on so they pretty much picked this you know it, it's almost like a dry lake bed they just where where the Sea of Tranquility was they landed on one of the flattest places on the moon and it was pretty featureless so seeing a rill and, and mountain ranges and, and big heavy craters was not something that you'd see if you were if you're looking at Apollo, Apollo 11's landing site but you know it, it, it's not going to bother people who don't know it so <laughs> i'll just i'll just sit there and grumble and <laughs> you you must get that way chris when you see stuff on uh, you know seeing aircraft and things and it doesn't match oh up yeah there's that's a pastime here is uh watching uh, mistakes in airplane movies you know and <laughs> And uh, and most of them, uh, I mean, most of them, I can guarantee you, ninety percent of the population would just never notice, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, my, one of my favorite ones is if you watch Top Gun, you know, there's a scene where at the the end, a big dogfight, and Ice uh, Iceman gets shot in his engine, 
and he's like, "All right, we're sh- we're shutting down our number two engine." And they, when you watch it, he shuts down his number one engine, and <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, just to be sure, yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, which I, which I, also I, kind of makes you respect those old like airport movies. Yeah, that yeah. really, I mean, even though a lot of it was dramatized and everything else. There was a lot of technical stuff that they worked to get right or at least close to right, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. You figure there were a lot of, you know, commercial pilots that were doing it. I know one of the common ones, and you're, you're a helicopter guy, I know. Mm-hmm. They, every helicopter sounds like um, the Bell, the A1, the the old belt-driven Oh, ones. yeah, everything's a Huey. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're hearing yeah, that weep, exactly. weep, 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 that the yeah. sound of the belt drive, <laughs> and it's like, that's not on a Jet Ranger. <laughs> yeah, like, no, no. <laughs> but that, yeah. That's what helicopters yeah. are supposed to sound like. And every, and every plane crash is a Stuka. You know, Exactly. You know who yeah. didn't do mess with the sound though, which was interesting, is Mash. Uh, when you watch Mash, that's pure Bell Forty Seven noise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they did that right. I mean, yeah. It, but uh, yeah, when you uh, a lot of a- any action hero movie and stuff, it's always a Huey. Yeah. Whether it's an actual Huey or not, you're hearing one, you know. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's 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 amazing, and you know, you think we can have a whole show be... on this. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just crumpling up uh, uh, beer cans and going. Oh, that's... Yeah, he's nuts or stale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, it's 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 frustrating, but yeah, and I. I guess you have to cut them a little bit of slack on here. This is this is the stuff that they put together, and maybe they changed things in the script, and it was like, well, we already spent money on this expensive special effects, so let's just leave it in. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but it's a it's okay. Um, it is a sad moment, and I know this is true that uh, that Lovell really didn't spend a lot of time looking out the window uh, when he was doing this. He really was uh, focused yeah. on the mission, at least that's what he said in, in Lost Moon. Um, that so this is kind of true true to form when. He had the the other guys were looking out the window and he'd already seen it and uh, you know strange at the at the time he was one of only um, really nine people that could make that claim to have seen the other side of the moon. Oh um, wow! And uh, yeah, it's uh, quite a quite a sad, a sad moment. That you think, wow, this is one of the few people that that could that could say that. Wow. Yeah. And we do we do get a, a nice brief scene of uh, of Marilyn sitting by the side of the bed listening to the squawk box all you know as a as a courtesy to the families they were tied in uh, at home to uh to it by having a, an extra basically a phone line that was run out that would that would play over the uh, uh the audio coming from the astronauts and they could listen that's it, that's a very unique uh wasn't it something that the wives pushed for yeah yeah they they were they were insistent on it and you know the the thing about the astronaut wives is a lot of them were friends with deke and um Deke had a close relationship with all the astronaut families, and I think he, you know, he was their advocate on on getting this kind of a thing in their home. And I guess it's a blessing and a curse. I mean, you hear the, you know, imagine listening to, you know, your loved one far away uh, dealing with problems. I don't know how good it is to hear somebody in uh, going through a difficult time and you care about them. Um, yeah. But you know, on the other on the other side, they they get the unvarnished truth. They're hearing exactly what's going on. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, probably follow along with some of the mission plans. So, yeah, this is a a really uh, a, <laughs> a really good good move. You know, a good good minute in the movie, uh, and that that Anya that Anya uh, vocals coming up in the background kind of really set the tone about how far away they are, and that it's really they're kind of in con- they're in control of their their situation, but really it's it's out of their control. It's just you know it's up to Newton to get them home. Yeah, yeah. a bunch of guys on the ground working hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I try to think of more things to, to say on this one, but it's just, it's so very, I, I think this kind of, well, we're going to see some, some of it, the epitome of, of some of this stuff in, in the next couple of minutes about what this means to, uh, to Jim Lovell. But I think by this time, and we'll, we'll talk about this later on in the week, I think by this time he's already gotten over the loss of, of being able to walk on the moon. I mean, that, that, was, that was tough. I mean, he's in the machine that was going to put him on the moon, and now that machine has to bring him all the way back home. Oh, that, I asked him about that once, and he said, you know, it was, it was heartbreaking. He felt bad for himself for a little bit, and then, um, then it was, you know, I, I just want to go home. <laughs> you yeah, know, I want to, yeah. I want to be home with my family, and, and I want to get back home. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like losing the baseball game. It's like, yeah, I gotta go put my gear away, and I gotta do all yeah. those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I just want to go home and have a hamburger or something. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's uh, it's rough. You know, all this stuff is happening so fast. I mean, they're 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 heading at the moon. They're gonna be, you know, it, this all happened at fifty eight hours. They they were they were finishing up things at fifty eight hours, and now less than, uh, I mean, they're they're kind of compressing time here, but less than. 10 hours after that they're already you know coming around the back of the moon and 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 they'll be on their way home once they uh once they pass behind behind the moon this is this is a part that they've already cut you know covered they know they know what's going to be happening next Uh, but and like you were saying about having having that whole that whole crew back on earth especially the grumman people trying to figure out exactly how to keep them uh them running okay they really they had to turn off their right after they were done with this when they went behind the moon they had to turn off the radio just to just to conserve power just the you know the fact of a of a of a radio running it's like having your having your alternator go out in your car (laughs) (laughs) turn off the headlights leave everything dim just you know keep the spark plugs going yeah (laughs) yeah just a, a, a terrible time so i guess this is um i'm trying to figure out i guess this would be the low point of the movie if in here yeah, may, yeah. maybe reentry but this is kind of like this is the the biggest unknowns like they right now they they understand the the scale of the disaster but they don't know if all the fixes that they're coming up with are going to work yeah. so yeah, yeah i would put this at the they're at the they're nader. at least uh they're in a better situation than they were earlier in this film yeah they're yeah. stable at least <laughs> yeah yeah that's true losing yeah. power but at least stable yeah, yeah. So now they just have to survive Act Two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. Um, Can't believe it's been seventy-one episodes, Jim. Yeah, yeah. The second, yeah. the second half. I mean, it's really the, the first part just flew by. Well, you know, I wanted and, to say you thank the listeners uh, uh, for tuning in, and I certainly appreciate them too. This is the first time I've ever done a a movie by minute, but I I want to say thank you to you because you do a ton of work behind the scenes that nobody ever sees. Um, but I can't imagine all of the the breaking everything down and the bios and the you know the the clips of the movie i just wanted to say thank you because i know you do a ton of work on it well i i i appreciate i appreciate you be, being part of this chris because it's um i i know this stuff but you know you know more about the people that are involved i mean i read books and stuff but you've actually you know uh i've, I've only had one meatloaf with these people and you've had lots of meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> hey you you drove you drove frank around in your tesla yeah, so <laughs> that's right yeah yeah so it was uh but i mean you you know these people and you can you can express the per, you know the personal experiences that you've had with these guys you've, you've seen a lot of these people and and know know them going you know after they've come back from the moon and and after they've they've landed people on the moon and talked them through it so it's uh you know you've been a great help on getting this uh, uh making this show as successful as it's been well i appreciate it i hope you guys yeah. are enjoying it we have some more fun guests coming up too 
Yeah, yeah, and and really, we want to thank the listeners too because we've been getting we've been getting a, you know a lot of info from people, we're hearing a lot more responses lately on uh, on personal insights on it, and uh, and actually making some connections with more folks who are going to be uh, future guests on the show. So please stay tuned, and uh, if you if you would like to, com- to continue the conversation with us, we're always available on the on the usual social media out there on Twitter at uh, Apollo Thirteen Minute or on uh, Facebook, of course, at uh, Apollo Thirteen's Mission Control. Right now, you if you haven't uh, subscribed, and I'm sure you have by now after 70 episodes, you can't miss a single episode, so please. <laughs> so um, you check us out on iTunes or on Google Play. You can click subscribe and get it delivered hot and fresh. Oh, and also uh, starting uh, starting this week, we will be available on Spotify. So if oh, you've got very cool. Spotify and your Apple Talk or wherever, wherever you're listening in your car or one of those uh, little service devices, Go to Spotify and, and look for Apollo 13 Minute. We're up and running there. Check us out there. And, of course, we've always got the big site, Apollo13Minute.com. You can uh, read uh, read about all the previous episodes and download previous episodes, too. But anyway, check back with us here on Monday. Like they say on this particular minute, it looks like we're coming up on uh, Loss of Signal in about 30 seconds. So uh, we will see you here tomorrow on the Apollo 13 Minute.